Welcome back to the best college football pick and pod in the land. We are coming to you from bellyupsports.com. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black, and we're here with you for another big time episode. Alan, how are you? Oh, man. Uh, doing, doing well, man. Getting back at it and uh, excited for another Saturday of football. Can't wait for it. Alan, this is a big episode because if you couldn't tell from the title of the episode when you clicked on it, we've got some new things going on. From now on, at least for the time being, until we see to do things another way, Alan and I are going to be getting you two episodes per week, and this is the Pick'em Rewind, where we take a look back at last week's Pick'em contest and get you details on what went down, where we need to correct things and you know what kind of things we found out from teams. So, Alan, this is a big deal as we are going to start producing two episodes a week. Can't wait for it, and it starts this week. Yeah, I'm excited to to some to produce you know some additional content. And as we look back at the the week behind, I mean, how do, how do we get better? I mean, you look at the tape. I mean, Nick Saban was calling me earlier because he had some extra free time since he's got COVID. And he was chewing me out about some of the picks I made last week. And so I just got to be better. (laughs) That is right. With that, Alan, let's go ahead and take a look at the week five standings where we saw some big things go down. We had our weekly winner was Zane Chapelier from Belly Up Sports. He came away with 67 points of the 78 points we had available. He went 9-3 and on his week. Very impressive with a bunch of upsets on the board. And get this, Alan, he jumped up from 10th place all the way to 1st. He was down by 14 points. He erased that lead, and he's now up on the re- on second place by one point in the standing. So an awesome, awesome week from Zane, and uh, very impressive to see what can happen with the number of games and the number of points we have available week to week. Oh, yeah. It's the American dream, right? You can start from the bottom, and you know there's no cast system and points and pick'ems, and so you can, you can jump up the first place if you have a great week. I mean, it, was, it really is the American dream. It was quite impressive. Alan, you had an impressive week as well. While Zane came away with the weekly win with 67 points, he was the only person in the 60s, so he gained a lot of points on everybody. But Alan, you had a big week as well. You came in second place during the week with 59 points, going 7-5 and in your picks. You went from a tie for fifth to a tie for fourth. And get this, I think this is the biggest news for you. You were 11 points back of the leader going into week five, coming out of it. You were only five points back. That's exactly right. Like, like Tiger on the prowl, man. I'm, I'm coming and rounding in the form as we go into to round three. <laughs> That's right. That, so it's, I'm excited to, to, to kind of be there and, and, and have a good week. I just hate the fact that uh, Texas just, just uh, and TCU just laid eggs. Mm, that was rough. The Texas schools really had a rough go of it over the weekend. We'll get into that in just a bit. I did not have as good a weekend as you did, Alan. I was all the way back in the middle of the pack. I was in a tie for 23rd during the week. I only got 50 points going six and six in my picks, and I paid for it. I went from fourth in the standings to 10th, so I took Zane's place after he jumped all the way to first. Uh, The good side of it is I was only 10 points back of the leader starting last week, and coming out of the weekend, I'm only 13 back. So you look at it, 
Last week when Zane was in 10th place, he was 14 points back. Now I'm in 10th place. I'm 13 points back. So really our top 10 has been compressed even with a wild weekend. Exactly. I mean, moving into another kind of crazy weekend of football and additional ones coming up as we introduce Big Ten and Pac-12 play. I mean, there's there's a wide variety of people that can still win this thing. If you put together a couple of good weeks, I mean, you can you can come from 15th back and win this thing still just because of the sheer amount of points available each week. Yeah, I agree. I think if you're sitting in positions of 15 and up is really an important place to be right now because I think that we've seen with the mobility that you can have all the way from 10th to 1st for Zane, I think it really is important at this point to be kind of in that 15 and up range. And as we get a few more weeks into this and maybe pick up some more games and more points available, I think we'll really start getting a read on who the true contenders are for our grand prize probably here over the next three weeks or so. Absolutely. I mean, it looks like we've got 17 weeks overall, which it seems really, really extended, but maybe, maybe that truly is how many there is. I mean, we're, we're a quarter or a a third of the way through. Really, this is the time that if you want to be in that top 10, you, you kind of want to set yourself up to where you can be in the chase moving into those final weekends. Yeah, I haven't actually done the math. I don't know if the 17 weeks that CBS Sports shows is accurate because technically when we started, uh, they were kind of working through things and they showed us starting week two and then they backed everything up. And because they do kind of a mixture on their website, you can set up groups where it's a mixture of NFL and college. I don't know if that's based off of the NFL calendar and going with 17 weeks, uh, but it's something in there. So I'm not sure exactly how many we have left. It it could possibly be that many, uh, but that feels a little big to me. So we'll see as as we start going through, because we've still got a few weekends here in October and then November... Yeah, I mean, we're, we don't have that many weeks, but I don't know no, how many it's I think be. we've probably got 14, 15 max. Maybe 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something like that. It, it's not going to be the 17, but I haven't done the math yet to figure out, but we'll get there at some point. Alan, uh, what we have to look at as well is because Zane came away with our weekly win, he went 9-3. and three. Of course, that means that we didn't have anybody with a perfect slate, and if you don't know about it, Throughout October, if you get a perfect slate, win all the games in a weekend, you get your name entered into a drawing for a prize pack from Manscaped. So we have some awesome things going on. Of course, there's a grand prize as well. But Alan, the quest for a perfect week has not happened yet, and it's going to be difficult with the number of games we're picking and, of course, the chaos that is thrown into the mix with COVID-19 and all. But that's going to be something fun to watch as we go into coming weeks as well. Absolutely, because Manscaped, man, is Pete Rose certified. Because Manscaped, you don't just shave runs, you got to shave your face. Woo! That's exactly (laughs) right. Alan, I love it. Let's go and look at what we found with our Pick'em Rewind. Let's look at the past week and what the biggest moments were. Alan, let's go ahead and just start with the early portion of the day. We had Texas A&M knocking off Florida, Missouri upsetting LSU, NC State beating Virginia, Oklahoma and Texas going into quadruple overtime, and North Carolina knocking off Virginia Tech. What stood out to you, sir? Well, LSU was really, really bad defensively, right? And to be quite honest, they're thinking they're lucky stars that this game against Florida got postponed 
And maybe by December 12th, Bo Pelini won't be running their defense anymore, right? Yeah. Um, and kind of in looking back, Florida's defense is the thing that's that's stopping them and will stop them from being in the playoff. It's not their offense. They they really have a good enough offense to, to make it happen. And quite frankly, Texas and Oklahoma both suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, dude. You know, in terms of LSU, Missouri was able to move the ball up and down the field all day. And then coming out of that game, there was news that came out today that Miles Brennan – the quarterback for LSU was questionable, even doubtful possibly for the game that was supposed to be scheduled for this weekend with Florida. We'll have more details for that coming up with you in our next episode. But uh, that was kind of a big deal, and especially with the struggles of the defense. Uh, but they kind of got bailed out by the COVID issues at Florida. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, I don't know exactly what your thoughts were on that Florida matchup with Texas A&M, uh, but there were a lot of people that got sucked into that Florida offense and put Florida at really high values going into that game. And I'm looking at it going, look, we know Texas A&M hasn't been great, but one thing we did know going into last week's games is that Florida's defense has been bad, and we know that Texas A&M recruits at a really high level. So I thought that was going to be a really close game. I thought there was a chance there was going to be an upset. I just didn't feel comfortable actually picking Texas A&M in the game, but I wasn't surprised by it by any means that it was that close and went you know down to the wire with Texas, Texas A&M coming away with the upset. Oh, I totally agree. You and I actually had Florida at four. Mm-hmm. So we had both picked them at a four. And so I think you and I both were kind of tracking on that same wavelength that Texas A&M had the talent. And when you get good Kellen Mond, and he was really good on Saturday versus that vulnerable Florida defense, they, uh, you know, they were able to, to, to pull it off. And it was pretty impressive. But you and I both had him at a four, which means you and I weren't really shocked about it what i was shocked at was the lsu matchup which is where zane really really made up a massive amount of ground because he had lsu at a one yeah i don't know where he saw that coming but heck if you're going hey this lsu defense has been really bad i really don't know what to think of them to this point then heck it's a great play and he really paid off in that round yeah and he even had nc state at a seven which was a, you know, ended up being a terrific pick because, I mean, they just they just trounced uh, Virginia. And yeah. Virginia didn't even look like they, – they looked like they had the Clemson hangover. Absolutely. Alan, another big note out of uh, this slate of games was the North Carolina-Virginia Tech matchup. It's big because North Carolina won in a shootout, won 56-45, but even bigger because we have to evaluate our value picks. And we go back to last week. This was your value pick. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you slid North Carolina up from a two all the way to a six. So ding, 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 that cashed. Good job, Alan. Hey, thanks, man. I'll appreciate it. Pat myself on the back, and uh, I'll take that. Actually helped me out a a pretty good bit, and so I I was glad to get that one right. North Carolina's defense didn't look great, but their offense looked really impressive. It was a good pick, and Virginia Tech certainly still had some issues going on with COVID-19. I don't know what took them so long to get Hendon Hooker fully in the game because their offense really picked up once he got in there. That's kind of what I was expecting. Uh, but you, yep. you know, you went kind of that first whole quarter with Brock Burmeister at quarterback, and it really limited what Virginia Tech had going on. Exactly. Before anybody could blink, it was 21 to nothing. Right. 
first quarter, 21 to nothing right out the gate. And I'm like, oh, baby, I got this one right. Like, I can't wait until we record this podcast. I'm like, I'm going to get to to revel in it. And then almost instantly in the third quarter, within a five-minute span, Virginia Tech scored 21 points, and I was about to poop myself. Man. Was, <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm, I'm starting to look like an idiot. So I was glad I hadn't tweeted anything at that point. But, uh, but yeah, it was that ended up being a pretty wild game. It certainly was. Alan, anything else you want to take away from the early slated games from Saturday? Yeah, I don't really think so. I, I think that um, most of these it, – it was the, the wildest kind of time slot for the games because there were – several upsets and just crazy, crazy scores. So it was a lot of fun. With that, let's move into the middle of the afternoon this past Saturday. We had Iowa State beating Texas Tech. We had Auburn surviving against Arkansas by two points. And we had Kansas State beating TCU. And finally, we had Georgia really stomping Tennessee in the second half in a 23-point win down between the hedges. Hey, kudos. You said slide them up, my man. And at halftime, you were like, uh, we were texting back and forth and we're like, man, I, we'll see if this is sustainable. But it was a surprising first half result. And then in the second half, that Georgia's de- that Georgia defense just really got going. They were they were incredibly impressive. Like Alan alluded to, Georgia was my value pick last week. I told you to take them from a six or a seven point value because of the spread last week and slide them up to a nine. And then once again, yes, sir, that cashed. So Alan and I were successful with both our value picks last week. They both looked very good. And hey, in that Georgia-Tennessee game, I was kind of texting with you at halftime and I, I was kind of alluding to, I thought that even though Tennessee had the lead, I thought it was kind of fluky. You know, you had the snap go over Bennett's head to start the game. That was a touchdown for Tennessee right away. Uh, There was another one-play deal where they had a long pass to score a touchdown that I just didn't think was going to happen consistently against Georgia's defense. And so I thought there were just kind of some fluky things that set Tennessee up in the first half. And at halftime, I'm going, hey, this might end up being a pretty close game, but I'm still pretty confident that Georgia's going to win. But then it was just lights out in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. The, the second half, they clamped down. Georgia stopped making stupid mistakes. Like you said, it was fluky. Two long passes from Garantano to Josh Palmer, and then the snap to start the game that went over the head that ended up being a, a touchdown for Tennessee. They cut down on um, the mistakes, and the defense really got revved up and forced three second-half turnovers. That was just quite ugly, to be honest with you, and it was painful for me to watch. Yeah. Man. Yeah, those turnovers were just back backbreaking. They, I mean, they just came one after the other too, and it just seemed like you know after one, it was already like okay, this thing's kind of tipping, and then once another one happened, it was kind of like man, this thing might already be done. Yep, it was it was over. It honestly, it was over as soon as as soon as Georgia took the lead after that first um, strip sack to start the third quarter. Alan, I've got to get your thoughts on what went down between Auburn and Arkansas. Auburn won the game 30-28, to but that one was really, really close. And this one bit me. You know, I went 6-6 and in my picks. I lost a bunch. But when I saw the points go out on this one, I was 
on this game, I thought, man, I don't know that Auburn's going to win this game. And I put them at a five. Of course, I collect the points for getting it right. uh, But that was the second lowest value anybody had Auburn at this weekend. Nobody picked Arkansas. I was on this one thinking that Arkansas had a chance to win. And I saw everybody with Auburn at eights and nines and tens and sevens. And I was going, man, with all the losses I've taken, just give me this one and it's really going to benefit me. But then, of course, the Tigers came out on top. Oh, my gosh. What a freaking crap hole robbery that game was, man. I I couldn't believe at the end. I mean, what a – and then the SEC just released some stupid statement trying to cover it up. I mean, that was a fumble. It was. It was, it, it was. Arkansas got robbed. So if you I mean, didn't catch it, what happened was Bo Nix was looking to spike the ball late in the game to set up a game-winning field goal. They were down by one. The ball was snapped, and because of all the rain, all the water, the the snap was actually mishandled. It fell on the ground. Bonix picks it up, and then he turns sideways to spike the ball. Only when he turns sideways, he turns his right shoulder back, and he throws the ball backwards. It was a lateral. And so he spiked it into the ground, but the referees blew it dead because they're just thinking, oh, it's a spike, you know, stop the play. But it was a live ball, should have been a live ball. Arkansas came up with it, but they ended up ruling because of the whistle blown and half the players stopped. They ruled that Arkansas didn't pick it up fast enough to be able to be deemed an immediate recovery. So Arkansas really got screwed out of this one. But man, I was dying when I saw it because I'm yelling at the TV even before the announcers were. I'm going, that's a backwards pass. You know, it's it's a fumble. And so they finally got onto it. They were right. But like you said, the SEC is just saying, hey, you know, because of the whistle, that kind of got in the way of it. Uh, but man, just such a blunder by Bo Nix. Uh, but it got uh. covered up quickly. Yeah, think about it this way. Auburn is 2-1, and one, right? And in both of their wins, in game-essentially-defining situations, they have gotten completely bailed out by the officials. Going back to the Kentucky game in Week 1, that was a touchdown where Kentucky was going in at the end of the half yeah. and then picked. That, that was a touchdown. And then, and then here they got bailed out because they would not have won that game. That would have ended the game, and they get bailed out again on a non-fumble call. I couldn't believe it. I'll, yeah. I'll, honestly, I'm I am shooketh in my drawers. <laughs> hey man, I told you when we've talked about the SEC West. I don't I don't know if I believe in Auburn, and this just confirmed it this weekend. You go back to that Kentucky game; they were outgained in that game. Yeah, they won it by a couple of scores, but Kentucky had some bad turnovers that set them up on short fields. And then, of course, in this one, it was a dogfight down to the wire. And, you know, okay, give Auburn the win, but it's still Arkansas. And there's nothing about me that believes anything strongly about what Auburn can do at this point after seeing them through three games. Oh, no. I Honestly, I don't know who's going to come second in the West. And they all suck. Really? <laughs> I, I think it has to be the favorite up to this point has to be A&M, right? Like, yeah, I think so. Especially coming up with a win against a top 10 team in Florida. Look, I'm not saying that Florida is amazing because that defense, as we know, is not great. Uh, but the fact that they came away with a win, uh, they're going to have some easier ones than that. So that's a, that's a big step in the process toward contending inside the conference. So, of course, they're, they're not going to win it. Uh, of course, they lost to Alabama already. But uh, that is a big, big win for them to be able to get in a position where, hey, they might be able to win, I don't know, maybe they can get to eight wins or something like that, maybe seven in second place. 
Sure. And honestly, when you're playing a 10-game SEC schedule, if you win seven games, it's a really good year. Absolutely. Alan, any other thoughts from the middle of the afternoon on Saturday? Um, Iowa State really showed well. They didn't show any ill effects. But, I mean, again, Texas Tech didn't have their starting quarterback. And and you could kind of see that. Well, Bowman did Uh, play some in that game, didn't he? I think maybe maybe a little bit. Um, whatever his name is, I forget the other guy's name. Columbia, Columbia, yeah. Uh, he he, you know, he just didn't have, you know, he wasn't as good. He's not as good. And um, Iowa State is legit. And um, boy, it this week really confirmed that if if Kansas State had Skylar Thompson, which they're not for the rest of the year now that they would be – I mean, they are already because they're, you know, 3-0 and in the conference. But if they had Skylar Thompson, they would be legitimate contenders because, I mean, they beat TCU and longtime fan favorite of the show, Bruce Stubblefield, has texted us and said, you can't ever trust T- <laughs> TCU, right? Can't ever do it. And he's right. You can't trust the Christian universities. And, and here's the thing. Like, he, he was totally right. Will Howard – Kansas State's quarterback went eight of nineteen for 117 yards and pick, and they still won, and they still won. What the heck, man? Well, I couldn't believe that they got a pick six that benefited them a, a, a ton. TCU's offense also did about nothing throughout the game that benefited them a ton, uh, and it is a big deal that Skylar Thompson's not in there. But man, Allen, I, I don't know if you've looked at it this close yet. Even if he was in. I don't know. I just am a lot more pessimistic about Kansas State than you are. I think that you look at this team and, yeah, they've got some decent things going on. And, yeah, the Big 12 as a whole is really bad. And they've, they're off to a great start. But I don't know if you know this. They've played four games to this point. They're 3-1. and one, Like you said, undefeated in Big 12 play. Did you know that they have been outgained in every single game they've played? I did not know that. I really haven't. But it's amazing that they've found a way to, to win every week being out gained, right? It is. And what they've done really, really well is they forced a lot of turnovers. It kind of started with that Oklahoma game because they were in a big old hole. But you go back and look at that game. I looked at the stats. Kansas State only picked up 10 first downs in that game, but they benefited from a bunch of turnovers. Uh, they, They were out gained by TCU in this game, but they were benefited by the pick six. You know, they've had some things go their way, but I think they've got some losses due for them at the end of the season. It may be, take a while to see them pile up, but I, I think we're going to see a few before the year's done. Sure, I, I understand that. And I agree now that uh, Will Howard's the quarterback. I, I would have pushed back against that if Skylar Thompson were still the quarterback. Man, but, oh, I wish hey. he was still healthy so we could see. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that would have been a lot of fun because I would have fought you tooth and nail with that as we went throughout the year, and that would have been fun to see what the result actually would have been. Yeah, it really would have been. Oh, man. All right, let's move on to the evening slate. That's the last bit from the weekend in the Pick'em Pod and the Pick'em Rewind that we're on today. Alabama knocked off Ole Miss in an absolute shootout. Notre Dame fought off Florida State, and Clemson really handed it to Miami in a domination from start to finish. Alan, what's your takeaway? Clemson, man, they they did what they do. They dominate in big games versus ACC foes. And it was very evident that Miami wasn't ready for big boy football yet. It wasn't even close. I mean, Miami had what? I think it was less than 200 yards of offense in this game. Uh, yeah. I mean, they just didn't do a thing. 
Uh, Clemson did, I think, what we kind of talked about. For the most part, they kept Derek King in the pocket. They made sure that that wasn't going to be a problem. Cameron Harris never got going, and the receivers for Miami were really, really limited downfield. So uh, there really wasn't anything that was a threat other than that blocked field goal at the end of the first half that they took back for a touchdown. Other than that, it was complete domination. That's exactly right. And if you you know listen to the podcast last week, I, I said that they're going to win big and they're going to cover and they're going to be dominant. And, you know, they, they ended up being that way. And that was the game. Think about this. Zane would have had a much bigger lead than he had. <laughs> he picked Miami. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's where most of the board started creeping back up on him. The good play, though, was he had Miami, I think, at a one, right? Or was it at a two, something like at that? At a two. Yeah, at a two. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that was a big one. And like you said, and like you alluded to, you were on it in terms of Clemson dominating, controlling the game. I was a little bit more hesitant, but I still went with Clemson in our Game of the Week pick. Alan, you and I were both on the right side of this one for our Game of the Week last week. So if you calculate that up with the Game of the Week and the value picks, in terms of not only getting the games right, but really being on the right side of it and giving the good advice for you know getting the extra points and like clear-cut wins, that kind of thing, you and I were both on it. And you can clearly say that you and I were 4-0 in our picks last week combined. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's exciting, and uh, you know, I think it validates what we're doing here. This is one of those things where sometimes you're going to have to kind of nitpick because sometimes you might get the points, but you might be on the wrong end of it because you might say, hey, somebody's going to blow a team out, but hey, they, they only ended up winning by three, and it was kind of lucky. You know, We're going to really nitpick at these things and say whether, whether we really gave you good advice or not, but last week we were all over it with each of our four picks. Exactly right. You gotta you gotta read the receipts, my friend. Alan, the last thing I want to cover is the Alabama game versus Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin giving Nick Saban's defense fits. It was brilliant to see, a lot of fun, uh, but it certainly felt like Alabama was going to come away with the win just because of the elite players they have, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. You just had to know that Alabama was going to get more stops than Ole Miss was. Absolutely. You, you, you kind of knew eventually, or at least it kind of felt that way, that eventually a play would be made or a mistake from Ole Miss would be made. You didn't ever think that the mistake was going to be made by Alabama, right? And you, you just thought that at some point they would do something that would kind of separate them. And that's ended up kind of what happened. You know, they, they just had enough. Lane decided to kick the, the onside kick, which I actually didn't mind. I thought yeah. that was a I thought that was a pretty creative thing. I, I think you probably should have done that more in the game once it became evident that neither team was going to be able to really stop. If you could buy an extra possession, that would have been huge. Um, but that was an incredibly entertaining game and one that we're not used to seeing in the SEC. I mean, that was a that was a a Big 12 shootout type of game. <laughs> yes, it was. And I'm with you on the onside kick. I mean, I, Lane Kiffin, I think, kind of said it after the game, too. And he said, our defense wasn't going to stop them. You know, it, it just yep. it just wasn't. And I, I don't know if you ever saw it, but there was, there was a tweet that went viral after this game that Ole Miss only stopped Alabama from gaining 41 yards in that game. Do you know what that means? It's Alabama went down to the one-yard line one time and fumbled the ball away. I don't remember how their other – 
possession ended. I don't know if it was on downs or a punt, but they ended that at the Ole Miss 40-yard line. So on every other possession they had, they got the maximum number of yards and scored touchdowns. It was only 41 yards that Ole Miss actually stopped Alabama (laughs) from gaining. That's unbelievable. Uh, Ole Miss just has nothing defensively. And, I mean, they made Kentucky's offense look brilliant, and they scored 41 against this Ole Miss defense. I mean, Ole Miss is going to play some of the most entertaining football in all the SEC this year. Because they're going to be yeah. The country. Everybody yeah. in the country is going to be hard to match up against what Ole Miss yeah. does just from an entertainment standpoint. Absolutely. And you got to give them credit. That's a, it's a fun style, and I think it's going to be a style that Lane can recruit to. It definitely will. Alan, I think that wraps it up for the Pick'em Rewind. Anything else on your side before we jump into another episode? I don't think so. I think we're ready to roll and then move forward into the new week. It's nice to to look back and uh, remember what once was, but, uh, you know, it's time to move forward and move on. Absolutely, Alan. I appreciate it. And now, when you get the chance, finish up this episode. Certainly look out for the Pick'em Pod that's coming next right here on The Blackout. (laughs) 